You are listening to 4 Raw from 4 Fields of Anfield Road, the world's international LFC podcast. Ragnar, was that your best moment in a Liverpool shirt just now? Yeah, it's it's not about the goal, but it's uh, it, it feels great to have three points today. You know, it, it was a kind of uh, crazy game in the end, and uh, that we took those three points with us, that is, that is massive, yeah. What does that say about the team's character that you conceded so late and then got a goal in stoppage time yourselves to win it? Yeah, we we always uh, I said it to be uh, already when I came here that we have uh, such a great uh, great team, you know. And uh, today we showed it again that uh, that we we have a great team and uh, we keep on going. Of course, it's. It's, it's never easy here in Burnley, you know, away, but... Uh, I know you said it's not about your goal, but tell us about it. Was it just a case of taking a bit of a gamble as the ball went towards the back post? Um, yeah, when uh, already before we had the free kick, so I, I knew I want to run there, you know. This, this is a great chance when somebody from the second post hits it back, you know. It's, and in the end, I just ran in, you know, just wanted to secure the goal, you know. Maybe it would have gone in uh, by itself, but, uh, you know, there were a lot of other players as well the, from Burnley side, so I just ran in, yeah. The way you celebrated as a team at the final whistle, does it feel like a really significant win this, the way that you won the game? Yes, uh, it shows as well, you know, those those hard games. We, we also have had so many games when we kind of lose, lose points in that kind of games, but today... Uh, we fought to the end and, and this, this is our reward. Bardsley up towards Barnes who looked to jump into the Liverpool man. It's the shot that's wide of the post from Arfield. Chamberlain asking Trent Alexander to run a long, long way there, but he does. His cross comes all the way through. Sadio Mane! What a hit! What a hit for Liverpool! Play Chamberlain. Here's Firmino. Alexander Arnold. Super save by Pope. And Emre Jam forward. And here's Vinaldum. And still going. And Vinaldum still for Liverpool. It will come to Solanke. On towards Oxley Chamberlain. How's Pope kept that out? Bardsley. Good Munson. Lovely little ball, folks. Beaten away by Mignolet. This is going to be a Charlie Taylor delivery. And up goes the header, there's a man arriving! Liverpool caught out. It's Goodmanson with the equaliser. Oxley Chamberlain, Lovren's lead. It's in! It's Liverpool's game on New Year's Day! And Ragnar Klavan turns out to be a massive hero! Welcome to Four Raw. For Raw is an official podcast of Four Fields of Anfield Road. We are at www.foresite, that's F-O-A-R-S-I-T-E.com, a great international community of Reds. Thank you for joining us on this show. And as usual, I am not alone. I have three guests with me. Say hi, Amir. Hi, guys. Glad to be back after a long time, man. Yeah, good to have you back. And say hi once again to Rithwick. Hello guys, I guess you are all enjoying and happy new year. Yeah, it's been a happy new year so far. A lot of good news has uh, been coming through. And we have a guest first time on Foro. Say hi to Amar Haider. Hello guys, how are you all? And hope you all still, you know, having hangover from New Year parties. <laughs> I'm not sure about having a hangover from New Year parties, but definitely hanging o- ha- having a hangover from um, uh, last minute goals and edge of the seat of the pants uh, type football that Liverpool are playing uh, but it's all good all good um, how, how have your new year been um, it's only the second day um, hope it's been good so far that was the question by the way <laughs> well, we don't have any you know, vacations yeah, we, you know, back to work on 1st January so. yeah that's true that's true but, but, 
luckily I I had a you know off on first of January, so I was sleeping all whole day. Oh, okay, that's nice. It's exam holidays for me, basically. I have exams on fifth, so it's basically holidays for me. Oh, okay. oh, so you you've got exams in three days time. Yeah. Oh. Okay, that's that sucks. <laughs> okay. Saying your dad doesn't listen to Paul. So. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um right. So, uh okay, Amir, you you did the the commentary for this game um as well. Another 2-1 another 2-1 victory. Um did you think at um at any time um you know, we weren't going to pull out a victory in this one. Of course, man, uh, but you know, uh they scored in the last minute and I was just, you know, heartbroken and when we scored i just wanted to throw my you know cell anywhere i was just celebrating i was just you know dancing up and down but uh, these were two back to back character filled wins mm. and if we hadn't uh, won against leicester yeah you know and you won't believe but i actually thought that we just need one chance mm-hmm. we'll score yeah and we did and i was thinking you know that we will score and we got that chance right at that yeah and uh, actually by that time i was you know yeah, we are going to waste because we are we are not good at uh, you know set pieces and uh, all of that but who you know who came forward it was Lovren and Clavan yeah two unexpected goal scorers when I mean they combined and scored the goal we won and it was it was such a huge win I mean last year we would have lost this match mm-hmm. you know but this year there's something about our team you know, we have there's a never said die attitude 15 16 games and beaten run yep that's magnificent man Yep, yep, it is, it is. Um Rithwick, watching the game watching the game over, um you know, did you at any point, at least towards the first half in, in the first half think, oh, okay, here we go again, you know, it's we're gonna struggle against this team. Um I think uh Klopp made how many changes? Seven changes did he make? Yeah, he made seven changes. He made seven changes and we thought that okay, um you know, it's gonna be very difficult getting some fluency um in the play. Um, did you see that lack of fluency as uh, uh, when we started and, and and really for much of the first half and and did you think that is you know again um, you know Burnley are known for their their compact defending um, they they seem to they seem to miraculously know how to be compact um, and, and deny um, space uh, uh, close off passing lanes in that in that sense so they seem to know how to do these things kind of kind of well and we're not the only ones to have struggled against them. Um, do you think it's going to be another struggle against the Clarets after that that first half? Um, no, no, I suppose because uh, most of the in most of the first half, uh, I thought that we were lacking that extra bit of uh, you know, magic in that final third. Uh, mostly because because of the absence of uh, Salah and Coutinho, you know, they provide the killer instinct usually. So yeah. we were lacking that killer instinct in the final third. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Solanke, we, uh, we saw that Solanke had a good chance, uh, but he didn't take the shot on because he, was, he took too much time on the ball in that in the box. Mm-hmm. So it was all about decision making. So I thought that Klopp would uh, give a good talk, good he would give a good halftime talk, and I had confidence that uh, yeah they would you know come back in the second half. Okay. Okay. Um. Amar, how did you see this game? What was your what, what did you what did you think watching this? Uh, basically, you know, uh, we always knew that Burnley going to be a you know a hard game as well because yeah. it's on their own ground as well, yep. and they have already played well with others, uh, you know, big team as well. So yeah. uh, when we scored one goal, and uh, we all know that uh, we can't win by one zero, okay? Yeah. Because that's always like we're always going to be on the edge. Yeah. We don't know when we're going to concede, and we did. And mm. And but I think by 86 or 87 when we were just one one and I was hoping for a draw actually I was hoping that we should yep. hope we won't concede anymore. Frankly yep. speaking, to be honest, right? Yep. I wasn't being optimistic. I was just hoping that at least we don't you know lose the game. Yeah. But uh, that's a good thing happening for the last two three games that we are actually winning in the last moments, mm-hmm. and that's actually a good thing. That's what defines us as uh, you know we are mentally getting strong now because. What used to happen before as well, mm-hmm. the moment we concede and the, by the time, you know, the last moments, we started losing our rhythm as well. 
Yeah. So we were not doing that. Uh, I think in the previous game as well, we actually won. Yeah. Uh, 2-1 is a scrappy win, but still we won, right? Yeah. So that's what matters, and uh, I think that's actually good. So uh, I'm I'm glad we actually you know got all three points. Yeah. But I would have you know uh, I would have been happy if you just you know a draw as well. Yeah, yeah. It seemed that the players um, were taking too much time um, in, in in the attack. They weren't really, uh, they, you know, it's too much dribbling, too much. Um, it was kind of frustrating, um, a frustrating affair. There was not real, there was no real fluency in moving the ball. Players were not finding space. Um, you know, they gave uh, Burnley just way too much time, and they were able to reset um, uh, themselves um, uh, at the back. Um, I mean, do you think this was really a directly a consequence of of the changes? That uh, Klopp made. I'm not saying I'm not blaming him for the changes. Obviously, changes were needed to be made. Um, one for obviously because of injuries and unavailabilities, and also secondly f- to keep uh, legs fresh. But do you think there's partially to explain uh, in that, or did uh, Burnley have a large part to say in that uh, how it panned out? I think you can say a bit of both, mm-hmm. but not enough credit has been given to Sean Dyche. I mean, you yeah. give him a bit, uh, you know, a more expensive squad. Yeah. And I really like, you know, he. Uh, you watch their games and their pressing is actually pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, tactically, he's spot on with his pressing. Yeah. I mean, when you see, we have the ball and we are comfortable. And, uh, you know, after 5-10 seconds, we are going back to the keeper. We were, yeah. we were going back to the keeper. Mm-hmm. I mean, their pressing was absolutely spot on. And in every game, not just this game, uh, you know, not enough credit has been given to Sean Dyche. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, as you said, you know, Salah was injured, so the uh, changes were forced. Uh, plus, Mane, you know, yeah. he's out of form, but he scored that. Uh, you know, he has that X factor. So, yeah. you know, uh, but he was, If you saw the game, you know that how off form he is because uh, he was he and Chan in that first half mm-hmm. were absolutely dire. Yeah. Possession. Yeah. And uh, defensively, Chan was excellent. I mean, he was uh, getting on to their knockdowns and uh, he was everywhere defensively. Yeah. But in possession, when we were attacking, both were very, very slow. Lalana was on fire in that opening 25 minutes. Yeah. And he was everywhere. Yeah, he was. He was yeah. absolutely everywhere. And yeah. that tackle in the 20th minute, yeah. he was the last man when Burnley were breaking. Yeah. I mean, how crucial was that, man? If he missed that, he was off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, uh, he was informed. Solanke is uh, very young, and I don't get why he's getting criticized. It was, what, his third fourth start for us? Lana, yeah. And I think he did well. And he'll learn from these games, like uh, Gomez did. And mm-hmm. attacking is much more difficult. Yeah. And uh, he he was getting into good position. He was, you know, he, uh, in the first 15 20 minutes, he was winning headers. Burnley defenders didn't know how to handle him in those uh, first 20, 15 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. After that, they got used to him. And Oxlade Chamberlain was absolutely excellent in that game, man. And he's he's improving. Yeah, yeah. Leaps and bounds. Uh, that set piece delivery. Uh, so it, it all clicked in the second half. Yeah. But you have to give credit to Burnley. Plus, we, uh, you know, you have to give, uh, you know, major amount of credit to Klopp. He has got his rotation spot on. Yeah. He he knows when to rotate. He brought uh, brought in uh, Matip when he was injured. Uh, he brought in against Swansea. Uh, that was a perfect game to bring him in. You know, it wasn't you know a high profile game or a high intensity game. Yeah. So he batted in. Yeah. And now he can you know throw him against uh, Everton now. Mm. That derby. Mm. So huge credit to both Dyke and Klopp uh, for this game. Um, it's a little bit strange as well. I I could have counted at least three or four own goals that could have been scored <laughs> during this during this game. Um, not sure if it's because of the conditions or, or whatever. Also, the referee, um, the referee seemed to be to be giving them a lot of the the calls, wasn't he, Rithwik? He seems to be un- he seemed to be under pressure from the. From the from the from the support at Turf Moor, and you know, all of the, a lot of the fifty fifties were going, uh, being awarded uh, to Burnley. Yeah, we've been seeing this very often this season that the referee is being very. Uh, and he's bald as well, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, these bald referees are always against Liverpool, man. That's like a and this season, I I think the refereeing has been very very poor in England. Uh, I think Wenger has already complained about that. Uh, Wenger was very much pissed off uh, with how the referee gave uh, West Brom a penalty in the last game. So yeah. I think he has been fined by the FA. Uh, yeah, I think he has been fined by the FA for that. Mm-hmm. And 
in the refereeing has been poor and yes we got a lot of decisions uh, out of our favor this season so that's not cool because we've been putting in effort and if a refereeing blunder is what cost is, is what that cost us three points then mm-hmm. it's a bad thing man i think the fa has to be little bit more bold uh, in appointing the referees and you know they have to be much more strict on the referees as they are on the players and the whole team management mm-hmm. all right um let's talk about the goal the first goal and god what a goal what a goal it was um and it seemed to in i'm not sure whether you we could use the word against the run of play i don't think it was against the run of play but it suddenly was against the run of the guy who scored it um um sari omane who didn't really seem to be involved in the game up until that that one point um and he just scored a worldie it's, it's it was a, such a stunning goal what was your reaction amar when you saw when you saw that goal uh basically um as amar said that money was actually have you know a bit off the whole game and yeah. uh, everyone was basically criticizing him that he was not taking much chances yeah. but that's that's the quality of a good player basically yeah. uh, you know uh, they always need a one chance only okay and they yes uh, he was a bit unlucky uh, before but the moment he got that chance and he scored that and that's what you expect from a player like mane right yeah. they they should take chances like that when yeah. he was not taking chances but being criticized but when he did and i mean the way he actually hold uh, hold up that ball and then and the you know pro- proper powerful shot and it was a great great goal actually uh, frankly speaking yeah. uh take think of his point of view that for the last few minutes he's been trying and trying and trying he's not you know um, getting much luck and suddenly the ball is there and he wants to do something again mm-hmm. but uh, i'm sure the all the emotions going uh, you know going through his head and all and lucky for us he you know he it went inside the goal not uh, somewhere around and klopp said that when he came into the dressing room the whole team got up and applauded because they know um how good how good that goal was now um exactly, yeah. yeah and 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 in the previous show and in some of the shows um and i mentioned that you know this is a guy whom we consider now to be a little bit out of form okay out of form and trying to find his way back cuz he's it's been a little bit of a stop start for him a little bit of injury suspensions and things like that but in 17 games sario mane has scored 8 goals and 5 assists not bad for a guy who they say is out of form isn't it amir <laughs> not bad but considering our attack consists of uh, salah coutinho firmino yeah uh no he was bound to get those assists and goals and i'm not bashing him yep yep but he he is actually out of form but you know that's how we uh, that's how high we regard him now yeah you know just just imagine if he was in form yeah you know you, you might be you know 6 or 7 points behind city right now instead of 14 15 yeah 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 now um we not we did notice we did notice that he looked a little bit um his his expressions his facial expression he didn't seem very happy he didn't seem too pleased um you know at first i thought is it because he he was getting some of tough um tough attention from the burnley players or he felt that you know the referee wasn't protect giving him enough protection or he felt the crowd was on his back or that he felt a bit like okay he shouldn't be substituted but apparently he he wasn't feeling too well uh it turns out that he was actually ill and uh, he did well to play did well to play at all so um that was this that was interesting despite despite all of that not not being 100% he 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 turned up and then uh he he scored a goal but then again um we didn't have any of the fab four playing and he was the only one of the so-called fab four um on the pitch at the starting um so somebody 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 needed to to step up and uh, and 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 he certainly did um he said also that he thought he was not their best game but they that we did they did deserve that we deserved to win because uh, we created many chances and we got many goals we had some important players missing today but we have other players and we can count on them and uh, they do well okay now let's talk about um let's let's talk about some of these players let's talk about trent let's talk about trent alexander arnold rithwick how do you think he did uh defensively he wasn't so good yesterday mm-hmm. but going 
but as always i think he is has a very big threat for the opposition going forward mm-hmm. uh, yeah he made a couple of mistakes i guess uh, lucky that he uh, lucky that he got es- he escaped from uh, those mistakes because burnley couldn't capitalize on that uh, i think it was too much casual from him at the back but uh, as it is he is a very young player right now and i think his actual position in the future would be in midfield mm-hmm. so i don't think he is going to be a right back in the future for liverpool mm-hmm. but uh, though but alas uh, it was an okay game from him mm-hmm. yes that assist was very good because he was trying to cross uh, frequently because we didn't have much uh, space in the center of the park so we had to you know constrain our attack uh, through the wings through both the flanks so mm-hmm. if if trent could have got one good cross in we know that solanke is a good header of the ball so if he could get one ball to him maybe he could have got a goal so trent was trying to cross very well mm-hmm. and luckily that reflection that deflected cross fell into mane's feet and that was a worldy from mane I yeah think, uh, yeah i think trent did okay in the game mm-hmm. defensively not so good but attack attack wise yeah it's good Okay, let, let's talk about our other fullback, uh, Joe Gomez. Now, this is an interesting one. Um, a lot of people generally say that Joe Gomez has performed well this season. He's he's stepped up um, uh, now that he's been given more chances in the first team. Um, there was a joke. Um, I think it was by Chris Bascom. um who said that uh, who we went in the in the new year's day game um uh, against leicester um uh you know when they showed you know pictures of vvd in the stands right uh chris Bas- bascom tweeted said reckon whoever was sitting next to virgil van dyke will say see that joe gomez just play like he did today and no one will mention the fee okay now however Joe Gomez um was directly responsible for a mistake that led um to to the Burnley to the Burnley equalizer and it's not it's not the first time we've seen him um make this mistake he also got caught sleeping against um uh, West Ham early in the season but nobody mentioned it because we won that game um i think he did a similar mistake against another team um i can't remember who now arsenal 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 yeah against sanchez arsenal. right yeah sanchez yeah like kind of a daydreaming kind of thing is of defending um is the third incident i would say switching off at the far post okay which resulted which directly resulted in a goal um for the opposition now we can say that okay he's young um and that he will learn from this but this is becoming a habit do you think amar and um you think it's a cause for concern uh first for for me personally uh, i always would rate uh trent before jo- uh, gomez okay uh, i know a lot of people like basically uh, you know they like gomez they they like how basically he's composed most of the time yeah. but uh, i prefer uh trent for main reason because he's a trent is a proper full back because he can go up front mm-hmm. he can he has a very good uh, basic crossing ability as well right mm-hmm. he crosses well yeah. gomez doesn't offer much going forward yeah. and defensively he is uh, i won't say he's great he's average a normal defender that's it i mean yeah. so and for we for us in our playing 11 we don't need average person we need someone basically who's holding on to that position mm-hmm. on the long run and a properly basically who can uh, stamp the authority as well and yeah. for me personally i mean i know i'm on the wrong side of this uh, as per a lot of people but uh, i really won't uh, won't rate gomez uh, at all frankly speaking he's just an average defender for me now yes okay. he can be a good one yep. he has a very he has a he has a strength of a good center back yeah. but as a full back uh, he don't have that pace actually uh was it you rithwick when in the last podcast we we said who do you think should be partnering vvd you said joe gomez didn't you Yeah, I was mentioning Joe Gomez. <laughs> okay, defend yeah, him. He, <laughs> defend he, him. He's going to he's going to hate me first now. <laughs> <laughs> defend him with me. Play for for Joe Gomez's honor. Come on. 100% disagree with uh, Amar Bai because you okay. know Joe Gomez is very young and I think he's been the best out of our defenders so far this season. 
he's been played out of position mm-hmm. in the right back role uh, so far yesterday mm-hmm. he played in a completely different left back role first thing, first thing okay. is that he's a right footed player yep. so basically hard for him uh, but that mistake i think he should have learned it from that arsenal game itself because Klopp been mentioning about this second ball uh, bad habits of our defenders mm-hmm. uh, for a long time now we the first ball isn't an issue for us basically the second balls are what uh, is leading to the opposition goal so yeah that's, that's been a problem uh, which has been going for a long time now so Gomez made that mistake yet again because he should be looking over his shoulder and goodmundson is actually his player to mark so yeah that's pretty much easy but if clavan had won the first ball i think this wouldn't have happened but basically you can't uh, you know usually uh, think that that the first ball would be won because you have to be a good defender basically would set up so that uh, there wouldn't be anything going on uh, you know you mm. have to predict what's next so that's what a good defender does amir did gomez yeah amir in that in that goal right okay we know okay of course um, you know it, it, jogo jogo mess fell asleep and like okay we fight do you think minyole could have done better there oh no, i don't think so i mean uh, first of all there was a deflection on the cross so you okay. can't predict that yeah uh ox got the leg on it uh, then uh, as i think it was clown who you know evokes on the header against him Hmm. So Gomez and Mignolik they both can't do anything and as for predicting it if Gomez could have predicted that and if the ball didn't take any touch and if he had moved on the right side that would have left uh, Goodmundson in an onside position anyways yeah. you can't predict these things True. I mean I'll tell you one thing I've been watching uh, I, I do watch under 23 games and I watched him in the last 2 years playing yep. for under 23s yep Gomez has an issue with his concentration that that i can understand and he has that okay. and i i do think that he'll improve on that other than that he is a very good front foot dis- defender you will never see uh, see him getting stood up by anyone i yeah. mean no one will stand him up and then deliver crosses and everything, anything like that that yeah. might happen uh, once or twice yeah uh, somewhere down the line yeah. but you'll never see him getting dominated yeah i mean he dominates his uh, markers and you'll see that game after game yeah uh, there I don't even think that was a mistake that, that was you know you can't you can't uh, predict a deflection you can't predict if if I and you were playing together mm-hmm. right and then I will 100% bad that you will win the header against someone yeah so he would have been, uh, he would have expected Clement to deal with that okay and then you can't you know you don't know where the ball is going to fa- fall and goodmundson he reacted quicker yeah you know you can't if he had uh, you know uh, stuck his leg out he might have scored on goal as well you can say that Okay. Okay. I I saw I saw that video clip again uh, and in that video clip it was very much evident that Chan was completely free in the edge of the box. He wasn't marking his man and Lovren had to cover for Chan which indeed left Clavan to cover Lovren's man. So, you know, mm. cut some slack on Gomez because Chan was equal. We, we can do that after watching replays, man. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That time you can't do anything like that. I mean, you can you can take out mistakes from every goal that every team concedes, and uh, as you said, he has been, and even I believe that he has been the best defender at the club in the first half of this season. And it will be, you know, uh, if you put out a vote, then I think around seventy to eighty percent will say that Gomez has been the best, you know, defender. I don't care about centre back, right back, but he has been the best defender mm-hmm. uh, of the club in the first half of the season. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um let's just look at, look at one or two other more players uh before we move on to the next topic. Um Ginny Wijnaldum. Um I'm not I'm not very enamored with this guy. Um I don't think he's done too much for me this season. Agree, disagree, Amar. Um uh, first of all basically we haven't finalized his position. We a club is yeah. experimenting with him. We don't yeah. know whether he we want him to play as a center midfielder. We want him to play a bit deep. True. We want him to play a bit, uh, you know, moving forward at all. So uh, I think that's that's the problem with uh, with with Genie right now. That 
Same, and same goes with the Henderson as well because we are we still struggling with the, with the exact position for for the for these people mm-hmm. and some games they are sitting a bit deep some games basically they are moving forward and all and Ginny doesn't for me uh, I, I don't know whether we have any other Ginny fan in this uh, pod here or not <laughs> the, uh, just like Gomez but for me yes he's a he's a good midfielder but uh, again as you said already that he doesn't offer that much creativity he doesn't yeah. offer that much passing ability as well and uh, he he again for me he's an average player he's an average player i would rather have some other uh, for me allen was a bit better than him uh, yeah for one reason only because of his passing ability right yeah uh, that, that's what you need from your center midfielder right to yep. pass the ball yeah I, I, I agree with every word you just said. <laughs> Me too. That Alan comparison was brilliant. And I, I think they were both actually pretty similar in that respect. I can tell you who was more similar to Joe Allen. Yeah, I know. He, he can say the, uh, that uh, Alan was better and maybe maybe he was. But that that's a brilliant comparison. I, I can tell you who was more similar similar to Joe Allen. Adam Lalana rocking the Bjorn Borg hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Adam Lalana is the new Joe Allen, guys. How's that? <laughs> Yeah, a better Joe Allen. Yeah, a better. A two-footed Joe Allen. A two. <laughs> <laughs> With a cry, formerly known as Cruyff Turn <laughs> Allen. Yeah, it's been the Lalana turns now. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now, appropriately, obviously, um, we're going to title this show the, uh, the 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 anti VVD Brigade Strikes Back. Um, let's look at, at the performance of uh, both uh, Deja Lauren and um, Ragnar Clavinho or whatever permutation of name that's on Twitter right now, probably 100. Okay. Um, uh, bo- both had great games, didn't they, Amir? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty much faultless. Uh, uh, I'll throw in Migs as well in there. Ooh, uh, okay. His distribution and everything was brilliant. And uh, but coming back to Lauren and Clavin, I mean, they they uh, uh, you touched upon the referee point, and there was one challenge where you know uh, only Lauren uh, jumped for the ball, and Barnes was lying on the floor, and ref gave the free kick to Burnley. What that? What was that? I just don't but understand. That, I I just don't know that that uh, when you t- touched upon the ref, that was the first thing that came into my mind. He didn't even jump. Exactly. Uh, Lauren was jumping, and he he just you know he just fell down. It's crazy, <laughs> but uh, you know, moving past that, he he uh, he was uh, Lovren was very good, and there were a couple of moments where uh, Trent uh, Alexander Arnold with Kaya's position, even Chan at one point, and mm. Lovren had to cover uh, both of them, and he did it brilliantly on both the times. And you don't notice that uh, now because the game is over and we won. But when you're watching it live, and I was commentating, and I have to you know keep certain things in mind. And the, those were the two of the moments where you know, if if the ball had uh, fallen into uh, you know Barnes's uh, leg, uh, path or uh, Arfield's path, mm-hmm. we would have been in trouble. But uh, uh, Lovren swept it up brilliantly, and uh, Clevan backed him throughout the game. And uh, apart from that one, you know, uh, deflected cross which uh, Wokes won, but uh, it was uh, almost a flawless performance from both of them. Uh, Lovren, he he was flawless. Uh, Clevan, that just one, you know, missed header. Uh, actually, before I forget, forget okay, um, that tackle that Lalana made, the last-ditch slight tackle preventing that one-on-one, one-on-one, um, he made against who? I can't remember. I think something in the 18th, 19th minute or something. Yeah, I touched upon it. You just said, did you say say that? I uh, the, um, against um, good good monson good monson. Eight minute, yeah. Monson Yeah. Oh my God. That was, that was some hell of a. That was was what one hell of a tackle that that one. I mean, if he didn't time that he properly, that was, that's that's. Got it on the second second attempt. If he he went to the ground, he was just sliding. He missed the ball, but it, uh, you know. Yeah, he's 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 trailing leg. Yeah, he's trailing leg. Yeah, he'd, exactly. yeah. He didn't. If he had caught. Uh, <laughs> that's <half> yeah. <laughs> word, he was off. I mean, he. But, 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 you know, anyway, it was a brilliant, I mean, world-class. <laughs> I saw one tweet, he did a fucking Rabona tackle. That, that's what exactly it was, a fucking Rabona tackle. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> Imagine if Burnley had taken the lead. Oh, wow. Oh, let's not go there. Oh, jeez. Let's not go there. That, that's, that's, uh, 
it doesn't bear thinking. Okay, um, and then of course um, our great um, Ratna Klavan Inho Thor or whatever you want to call him. Uh, I think I think people want to name their sons to be, as Ragnar, rename their sons as Ragnar. Some some husbands have made uh, some sales pitches to their wives to do that. <laughs> uh, how not good? How name. good was it? <laughs> Sorry, not a bad name actually. Not, not a bad uh, name. I, I, unless unless wife is a, a you know fan of Viking TV series. Yeah. <laughs> the King <laughs> Ragnar. The King <laughs> Ragnar. Yeah. Yeah. The, like the Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones. Uh, okay, let, let's hear this. A uh, 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 first attempt at having um, a, a Ragnar Klavan song. It's pretty lame, but um, that's one I could find here. Here we go. Ragnar Klavan is magic. He's got silky scales. Ragnar Klavan is magic. He's got silky skills. And that's the end of the song. It's not going to win any awards, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, I want to talk a little bit about about Estonia. No one knows anyone, uh, anything about Estonia. I found this off the internet. How to piss off an Estonian. Uh, Klavan looks always like to be this cool, calm and collected guy. Um, so I thought, okay, how do I piss a guy like Ragnar Klavan off? So, first question. Ask them where Estonia is, or even worse, what on earth it is. So don't worry, uh, Estonia is not somewhere in Middle Earth. It's not, nothing to do with Albania. And it's not spelled Estonia either. It's a country in the northeastern edge of the European Union, about twice the size of New Jersey, with six times fewer than uh, residents. Okay. Uh, Ask an Estonian is if if Estonia is as cold as Siberia. Uh, No, Estonia does not have polar bears and and their climate is nothing like Serbia. Uh, Believe it or not, they have short yet beautiful summers where the sun barely sets, giving them close to 20 hours of daylight. God, 20 hours of daylight. Jesus. Uh, don't confuse Estonians with Finns or Finland, uh, although they share common ethnic or language roots. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Ah, uh, did you know it was the capital of Estonia? Pop quiz. No. 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 No idea. No. Okay. Can we Google that? No, Tallinn. Okay, so the capital of Estonia is Tallinn. Uh, okay, the other thing is, um, don't ever joke to an Estonian that they don't have any sex. Wow. <laughs> don't know where that comes from. <laughs> joke that uh, Estonians have no sex and have no future. Now, um, interestingly enough, they have a extremely long word. It's a 42-letter word in, the, in their vocabulary. 42-letter word. Okay, um, that aims to express the meaning, the tiredness that one feels on the afternoon of the weekend birthday party. They have one word to describe this phrase. Oh, the helmet. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pronounce it. Okay, it's called Sunipaivanadalapupiparastlunavasimust. <laughs> it was like you were lagging. <laughs> that's, a, that's an actual word, is it? It's an actual I, I word. Yeah, it's an actual. Word. It's an actual word. It's an actual word. Um, uh, what about uh, what you may not know, especially if you're not from the Baltic states or from Europe, um, is that uh, Estonia is actually known uh, for being the singing nation. The singing nation, uh, and in two thousand and one, <clears throat> in two thousand and one, they won the Eurovision um, uh, song contest uh, with this song. And uh, this is where we take our listening break. And when we come back, listeners, uh, we will talk about Coutinho. We will talk about uh, Jurgen Klopp and a whole of other top, a whole other topics. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Night, uh huh. What night? Ladies, fish your fees right. I guess it's 
anyone feel like uh, dusting off their disco pants, you can uh, do so right now. Rhythmic, I know you're dying to do that. Yeah, I just, just yeah. You, 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 you just did that, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> dancing while the music was on. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. I don't think I can you, sleep you, tonight. You need to send a video of that as well so that we can attach with this podcast later on. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, okay, hottest trending topic right now is all about uh, Philip, Felipe Coutinho. Apparently, he's refused um, to ever play for Liverpool again. Um, all kinds of funny things happening with that Nike thing and then supposedly um, uh, Liverpool suing, suing uh, uh, Nike and now that story apparently has been retracted and so on and so forth. And then now... This this bid by Barcelona, what what the hell is happening? I mean, seriously, it's just getting boring now, isn't it, Amir? The damage was done. I mean, they can detect whatever they like. The damage was already done. It was out for like two three days, and then uh, ESPN Brazil were uh, saying that we are go- we were going to sue Nike and Barcelona, but I don't think anything is happening on that front as well. It's getting you know it's getting frustrating and it was already you know they already tried to derail our uh, champions league uh, campaign even before it started in august mm-hmm. uh, Ju- june july i think it uh, uh, sorry in august they tried to delay uh, derail our uh, champions league uh, you know season by continuously bidding for him and uh, doing those interviews and they started again mm-hmm. uh, with napolinio and uh, and there was this one brilliant counter ronaldo interview in which he said that all the Brazilians aren't uh, as appreciated as in Madrid mm-hmm. in Barcelona and I think those are the sort of interviews that he should read uh, even Neymar I mean you know he looks up to him or he is his best friend or whatever I mean he went away from Barcelona so you should at least go and talk with him first mm-hmm. before moving there yeah I mean he's going there for if he's going there for good life he can go there after 30 years mm-hmm. you know uh, the I mean, this is just frustrating. Just not, uh, not just because you know they want him, but the way they want him. I mean, they are absolutely our name is you know dragged into mud, mm-hmm. and we are sitting here helpless. We don't know if the, if a bid is accepted. Uh, we don't know the the club is isn't responding to any of uh, our calls or anything. You know, we are just sitting here. We don't know what's going on. Uh, there are reports that Coutinho doesn't want to play again now. Uh, uh, there. Uh, the Barcelona players and their board are continuously talking about Coutinho. Our board is doing nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually don't know what's happening. If someone comes out and clears it up, mm-hmm. that, then that's fine. But right now, I'm just frustrated. I just want to say one thing. Mm-hmm. Fuck off Barcelona. That's it. <laughs> um, according to Melissa Reddy, uh, she says that sources close to Felipe Coutinho has, have revealed that Liverpool unsuccessfully tried to alter Coutinho's mind by presenting multiple incentives and a greater wage packet to, to their highest earner already. And uh, he has so-called politely declined and made known his intention to leave for Barcelona. Um, Amar, what do you think of all this? I mean, do you think it's, it's, it's just just part of that continued relentless um you know agenda uh by by you know the the catalan uh, and spanish press to continue to, to hit and uh, you know uh weaken liverpool's resolve over over the play or do you think liverpool have already resolved that okay you know what if you just give us this amount we you can have him but then not now it, it, anything has got to be in the summer. Well, what's what's your what's your take on this, and what's your what's your feelings on this? Uh, basically, uh, <clears throat> Liverpool has already accepted that he's going to go anyway, right? So mm-hmm. uh, now the only question is whether we can hold on to him for this uh, January or not. And uh, we all know. I mean, everyone knows that how Barcelona or Spanish press works, right? They basically uh, start doing all this, you know, uh, PR activity from the players' point of view. From their, you know, from the press, from the third-party sources, and also that's all agenda going on, right? So mm-hmm. they do that. That's that's a known fact. Mm-hmm. The only issue, I mean, we don't have an issue with that because we can't do. But only issue I have right now uh, is that we, as a club, Liverpool, is not standing up to it. That's that's my okay. point. That's my point, and that's my issue as well. Uh, yes, they want their player. Fine, get that player, uh, pay the money, and take it. But 
a club like a small club like Southampton can basically, uh, you know, blackmail us, uh, and we can't even stand up for that. And we say sorry, you know what? We don't want to do that again. But on the other hand, we are not doing the same to uh, Barcelona. I mean, we are Liverpool. Come on, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to stand up for that. And uh, for the Nike thing, for the Barcelona thing, we should have gone. You know, we have taken some stance on that too as well, right? Mm-hmm. So we, as a club, what our policy is that do not speak about it. ignore it and you know uh, that's our policy and that's not should be right sometimes you have to speak sometimes you have to take uh, basically aggressive you know uh, stance on that too right mm-hmm. uh, tell to stay away you want to uh, continue fine you will get the continue sign the free contract take him in summer we can't sell him now because the mid of season we have some you know uh, commitment in the champions league in the cups and all and that's it they have to stand up they can't be just like you know sitting and ignoring all this you know pr activities Arithwick, um, just coincidentally, fortuitously, conveniently, Coutinho is injured again, right? Yeah. At the cusp yes. of a of a transfer window, coincidence or not? Or do you think really it's some something deeper than a thigh injury? I'm totally confused at the moment because the same thing happened in the summer as well. So this Coutinho case has been, you know, frustrating all of us for a long time now. Uh, Basically, the confusion here for me is that if we are, if we were to sell Coutinho here in, in January, then what was the point of keeping him till now? We could have sold him in the summer itself, and we could have bought a good replacement as well. If we sell him right now in January, I think we're gonna have a big loss because we can't replace uh, Coutinho with you know a like-to-like player. Uh, we just can't get a like-to-like replacement for Coutinho now, mm-hmm. and. possibly if we do try for uh, thomas lemar i don't think monaco would try to sell without you know getting a replacement and the second thing being that thomas lemar is already cup tied in the ucl yeah so can't basically play him in the champions league as well yeah. so uh, the options for us are very very limited as well so i don't think we're going to sell him in january because i don't think club is stupid but uh, I don't know man I'm very much confused Well he, he 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 still he still remains our player he's still under contract Barcelona are deeply deeply desperate they're so desperate to land him that they're trying to get it. they basically they they want to get him before the world cup Yeah the thing is that uh, after the uh, if they wait till the world cup and that's the end to be, <laughs> yeah if they wait till the world cup to be completed his value is going to be uh, sky up because as uh, as it is is already almost there i mean but that's going to astronomically just put it put uh, it out of reach for them the value is going to rise plus you know about more than 200 million it's going to go up like boom the yeah. like clock says boom the the price is going to go so high because yeah. he's such a talented player uh, at barcelona i think he's going to do a very good job replacing andres iniesta as well mm-hmm. uh, you know they're mm-hmm. so desperate for coutinho to sign after what's happened with uh, griezmann mm-hmm. i think No, they're going to sign Coutinho eventually, and mm. we are also bound to lose Coutinho. But I don't think we're going to do a deal now because that would be foolish. Yeah. Yeah. So do you it's think? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut in, but it's no. getting repetitive. I mean, they. You saw what happened with Dembele in the summer as well, right? Dortmund got pissed off as well, mm-hmm. so they just had to sell him off. The same thing happened with Suarez with us again. Uh, and before that, I don't, I don't know if you guys saw it properly uh, uh, at that time. But even Fabregas to Barcelona, yeah, Arsenal yeah. were pissed off as well. Yeah. Because they, yeah, they Fabregas. were all pissed off because of, of the stories they kept feeding in uh, at the uh, you know Catalan whatever newspaper they have that it's his hometown club. He was uh, mm-hmm. grown into this La Masia, uh, La Masia academy and this and that. Yeah. And they are making it a habit now to piss uh, other clubs off. Yeah. So it's it's getting repetitive, and I think uh, there is going to come a club. There there will be a club who will go to st- uh, PSG, and uh, that's why uh, people appreciate PSG because they took Neymar away from them. Yeah. No one thought uh, anyone could pay two hundred million for a player. Yeah. They went they went to uh, Barca. They took uh, Neymar, and now if they won't shut up, I think they'll go and buy Suarez as well from them. <laughs> if they do something like that again, they, they were uh, tapping up Verratti, right? Yeah. So they went there and bought uh, Neymar. my fellow manchester united fans you know they are complaining to me that why don't liverpool complain barcelona to the fifa even they are pissed off 
the whole that's, world that's been for the last 6 months i mean we, uh, from last summer we are why aren't we compla- uh, uh, you know making a formal complaint to uefa about them and i don't know why but i i just think that there might be something behind the scene there might be something going behind the scene that we don't know he might you know he might have already uh, you know sold them no that that's fine that's look that's fine if you have sold him and all and that's fine uh, because uh that's a part of the football right someone bids for a player and you get that and that's okay but the, as everyone is saying already that we are not standing up to it for once we don't have to be a nice guy over here we have to start bullying people as well mm-hmm. if we don't people will start come and take our player too and that's it Yeah. If we have sold him accepted we have sold him we have uh, sold him on a pre contract or we have given him you know uh, you know uh, whatever barcelona has paid this amount and he's going to go on summer just like in the suarez saga we all knew that he's going to go in summer but he's you know he's signed in january right yeah so admit it whatever is going on in the back but we don't have to be nice guy here anymore otherwise today's barcelona next time who psg going to come in real madrid going to come in they all going to bulldoze us now right mm we are, i mean we are not a small uh, like uh, club like spurs or tottenham uh, tottenham right who always come five for six or you know any other club mm-hmm. trying to tottenham fans but yeah uh, we are come on a proper club right and then they're not going to be pissed none of them are going to be listening to the show anyway so that's fine you can say whatever <laughs> you want <laughs> okay um, okay let's move on let's move on um just reading this comment uh, on our website Uh, c- could you just imagine if Klopp managed an African team that win the World Cup? <laughs> uh, this comment was made on uh, this. Yeah, this comment was made on the article Klopp. I trained all three African player of the candidates. Cool. Um, if you didn't know, um, uh, the African Player of the Year award is being presented on Thursday, I believe. Um, uh, Mohamed Salah was already named Arab Player of the Year for 2017. Uh, in a poll uh, of around 100 sports journalists from several Arab countries, he, he he blew all the competition away. Well, to be fair, he didn't really have much competition there. Um, but even for this one, the top three candidates: Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, uh, Sadio Mane, as well as Salah. And the final three, all three um, players have one common manager: Jurgen Klopp. How's that? He's coached all of them. What a tremendous man manager he is. Now when you talk about managers, world class managers being man managers, um you know you hear the words like people like Mourinho and Conte and and all these guys being banded about. But you've got three shortlisted candidates for a continental award and all three have tra- common links back to 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 Jurgen Klopp. Surely there shouldn't be any doubt of this world class man manager capabilities that uh, Klopp has right yeah just yep. look at just look at mario gotsa just look at robert lewandowski you yep. see how klopp you know made the players better yeah and he 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 took a a rough unpolished diamond that's how he worked he took an unpolished diamond he made them better it's not as if they were already of a certain caliber already and then then you know something else and not just them i mean you look at uh, kl and widenfeller and these were you know when klopp took over they were you know like yeah, they were good 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 players but he made them very good he won titles with them uh, schmelzer and their yeah. uh, the right back uh, yakub uh, blastikovsky that polish guy yeah these these were you know these are not high profile players but he made them better and that's why they won those bundesliga titles I mean, Gorze and Roos, uh, Marco Royce and uh, Lewandowski, they'll stand out. But he made those average players into good ones, like he did with uh, Lovren and, uh, you know, to some extent, uh, Henderson as well. I mean, he got better, I think, uh, when Klopp took over. Yeah. So, Look at Firmino and Lallana are prime examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. I mean, uh, people will look at all this world-class talent, but then there's a level below that. So Klopp works wonders with these guys, and it's good to see that uh, you know uh, next year we'll have three African players from the same club as nominees: Kita, Mane, and Salah from our own club. Yeah, three, three maybe all top three are Liverpool players. In fact, yeah. it's not outside the realm. It's very, very, it's extremely possible that could happen, yeah. right? And Kita will win that. Yeah, 
Any one of them. Okay. I mean, as long as they 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 play for us. How do you, how do you think this man management manage management skills Jurgen Klopp has compares to someone like Arsene Wenger who who broke, um, you know, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson's Premier League Premier League uh, record, yeah, taking charge of Arsenal for eight hundred and eleven games. Eight, eight, that's a phenomenal record. Eight hundred and eleven games. Even Sir Alex Ferguson says that he will never be surpassed in that. Um, obviously, there's got to be a lot of man management that happens there. How do you think, in your opinion, um, and in, in what you understand about Arsene Wenger and all the players he's developed over the years, compares with what Klopp is doing with all of his man hugs and you know, all the success stories? Amar, what's your view? Uh, if, you, if you want to compare Klopp versus Wenger, uh, Wenger, he, uh, yes, he's, uh, he's have done a lot. Uh, he actually basically improved a lot of players at his time as well, like um, you know, Henri, uh, Percy, Jack, Pires, and all. Mm. But uh, so he has done his bit of share too. Uh, but now I think he's losing his charm. He's getting old, mm-hmm. and uh, he can't work on a day-to-day basis without on a player management as well. Uh, when you say player management, that does not mean just you know giving a, con- a person a confidence. It's about Every person has their own potential, right? So what a coach does basically improve on that potential. And uh, Wenger is not doing that often anymore. I mean, we have an example of uh, Theo Walker, right? He was mm-hmm. a great player, uh, great potential, but uh, he's, he's losing all his potential now in Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And you know, on, on, the con- on the contrary, uh, Ox in Liverpool, right? Uh, he's doing very good, but it could have it could be debated that maybe ox just needed a change of circumstances right just change, just a new environment only yeah. on the other hand uh klopp has done a lot good with the with the dortmund and all but that's the thing with the club uh we only have one example as a club from the or, or from dortmund point of view right yeah uh klopp is good in terms of improving uh, players mm-hmm. but we need to see uh i think in next three or four or five years whether he produce uh, another world-class players from this club as well or not. Yes, he has improved people, uh, Lovren, Moreno, Firmino, right? Yeah. He has improved that as well. But we need to see whether they go on and become world-class players like those who came from Dortmund. Yeah. And that will only happen if in the next two or three or four years. Uh, right now, it's, I don't think it's really fair for us to compare Klopp versus Wenger because uh, two different eras, two different circumstances, uh, you know, uh, whole dynamics have, of football has been changed now yeah. uh, in terms of uh, players' money and player potential, player attitude. Everything has been changed now, right? So yeah. that's why uh, Wenger is not doing much in this era and Klopp is doing. So we'll see in the next three, four years. Uh, in, in March of 2017, there was a very good article written by J- Richard Jolly in uh, ESPN. Um, uh, it's titled Klopp and Wenger, similar when it comes to spending and a progressive approach. Um, just read a little bit of an, um, uh, it, the, of an excerpt here. Uh, Perhaps more than any of their peers, the Arsenal and Liverpool managers object to the culture of the consumption that pervades in the Premier League. They reject the implication the answer automatically lies in added expenditure. It irritates them. They have what can seem an old-fashioned faith in coaching. They promote a culture of continuity that makes them exceptions in a world of constant change. Separately, they express their disapproval of Paul Pogba's world record fee, but not seemingly out of envy. They do complain about what they cannot spend. They do spend everything they can. Now, this one paragraph is quite interesting. I mean, we talked about similarities in terms of their man management. Obviously, both have... Uh, Menga's got a much longer career, obviously, as a football ma- coach and a manager. Uh, you know, there's there's names that he has. He can, he can, he can uh, uh, roll off uh, that he's improved and discovered and improved and, and Klopp can do so as well as we've discussed. Um, and we'll also talk about in terms of the approach of running a football club and managing a football club and their and their and their view uh, with regards to the consumption approach, the expenditure approach. And even that is changing, isn't it? I mean, we've seen this record outlay right now for a defender in the world, world record fee for VVD. Wenger's felt the pressure for the longest time. Um, how, you know, the Emirates faithful saying how much, why he doesn't spend. They've got so much money, they should be spending money. And he's he's always itching to pull the pull the trigger. Is this where, you know, where the they... You see these two managers being separate from, you know, in how they manage their players. But now, you know, the pressures of managing in Premier League, pulling them back to the center of what they actually need to be doing. 
spending money amir you have to you have to uh, i mean i have immense respect for both of them i mean wenger and klopp for what they are doing what they did and what they are doing with a limited budget mm-hmm. but we have to move uh, with time and i mean there was a time when brazil used to play with nine attackers and two uh, midfield defenders mm-hmm. and <laughs> now you play like that i mean you're going to get killed so i mean you you look at it this way if you make a hollywood film right now with yeah. a you know with a setup of 1980s or 1970s the film will flop because you know the graphics are different now so you have to move move with time yeah and unfortunately uh, psg and you look at manchester united chelsea uh, manchester city uh, they spent big and you look at the titles that are, uh, the teams that have won the titles in the last 10 years mm. it's the team that have spent the most yeah I mean, you can do that. I mean, Klopp did it with uh, Dortmund, but only a competition there is Bayern, and they spend. Yeah. I mean, you you can see that they are the only club that looks like they 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 can spend. Yeah. In uh, League One, there's PSG, and they spent and they won. And you you go league by league, and you'll see that Juventus in the Serie A. Yeah. And everywhere you go, and unfortunately, now's the time where you have to progress with time. Yeah. And right now, time demands that you have to spend. Yeah. And I think Klopp has realized that. and i feel sorry for arsenal fans because i don't think uh, wenger has realized he's still living in that 2004 era where he thinks that he'll develop a squad good enough yeah. with limited budget that will win things yeah. but i i think he is stuck in past uh, and I, i'm very thankful that klopp <laughs> has actually realized that you can't you know uh, you what's that saying that you can't uh, later that shit what what do you say sorry like that but I, mm-hmm. there's a saying that you can't you know uh, Something about shit there, uh, but Klopp has realized that you can't just win titles with an average squad, and he actually took us to the bare maximum of what uh, we could have achieved with uh, this squad, and we achieved that uh, top four place. Yeah. And now he knows that to go to the next level, he needs to spend. Yeah. And it's not his money; it's not fans' money. You know, just go out there and spend. And he has spent at seventy-five million on Van Dyke. Yeah. And now, if he thinks that we need another attacker, then yeah. he has to go out there and buy one. Yeah. Because if he won't, then the City, the United, they'll go there and buy and win titles. Yeah. And if we keep doing this, uh, then they'll, uh, today it's Coutinho. Uh, next year it's going to be Mane who's going to move on. Yeah. Then it's going to be Salah. Unless we achieve success, yeah. you know, we'll keep losing these players. And you know, you have to move with time. So just spend right now. Okay, guys, I would like to continue this chat um, much longer. There's so much more that we can talk about, but we have actually run out of time. Uh, just sticking over an hour. Um, uh, thank you very much um, for joining me on the show. Um, thank you very much, Amar. Um, uh, hope to hope this is not your last time back on uh, on the show. We we'll hope to see you back again very, really, really soon. No, thank you. Uh, it was a great experience, basically chatting with you guys. And normally, uh, I chat around with my friends and all, but this was a different experience, and it was much fun. And uh, I hope to be back soon. It's our pleasure. And thank you very much once again, Amir, um, uh, and also Rithwik uh, for joining me. And uh, to take us home, um, we have a song from Ewart and the Two Dragons. Uh, believe it or not, this is an Estonian uh, folk uh, indie band. Really good. Uh, they are on YouTube. Uh, go and look them up. Fantastic music. Once again, Ewart and the Two Dragons. Uh, to take us home, thank you very much. And uh, we hope to talk to you really soon. Again, take care and good night.
of life that burns the fuel And all the voices that I silenced Gave me the strength to come to you Somewhere deep in your blue eyes There's a place I go and hide And the sun is about to Until the morning comes. We-